Welcome everyone, I'm your host Greg McEwen and I am here with you on this journey to learn so that we can operate at our highest point of contribution. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? Would you use it to be even busier or would you use it to create space to think? This isn't a hypothetical question. We are all faced with this scenario now because of the launch of a whole array of AI tools, including ChatGPT. And so this is part one of a multi-part series of solo episodes and interviews about how to use AI to make a more essentialist, effortless lifestyle. By the end of this episode, you will be able to choose wisely how to use AI in your life. Let's get to it. This episode is sponsored by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot. <coughs> Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. So whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person point-of-sale system, whenever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. So sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify magic, which is your AI-powered all-star. In my experience with every business that I have built, including this podcast, there are breakthrough moments, and those moments are often the result of finding the right partner. And I think that's a way to think about Shopify, because no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash greg, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash greg now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash greg. Don't let the conversation end here either. Click the subscribe button to stay updated with our future episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Thank you to everyone who subscribed. It all starts with mindsets. In the world viewed through the lens of non-essentialism, even an unexpected boon of time or money is typically squandered rather than prudently set aside for unforeseen circumstances. This pattern is clearly seen in the reaction of nations when they strike oil. When the British government hit a jackpot with the discovery of North Sea oil, a substantial surge in tax revenues followed. From 1980 through 1990, the exchequer swelled by an additional £166 billion, some $250 billion. 
And a range of opinions exist as to how these funds were expended, yet it is incontrovertible that instead of establishing a safety net to cushion against unforeseeable disasters like the subsequent Great Recession or the lockdowns because of the pandemic, the British government diverted the funds elsewhere. That part we know for sure. Contrast this with the perspective of the essentialist. The essentialist mindset would advocate for harnessing the bounties of prosperity to buffer against periods of scarcity. The nation of Norway is a shining testament to this approach. Like Britain, they too reaped massive benefits from oil windfall taxes. However, they channeled a significant portion of the windfall into an investment fund. Over time, this endowment has swelled to an astonishing $1.4 trillion, making it one of the largest sovereign funds in the world. The essentialist course adopted by Norway has created a bounty that can shield the country from a multitude of future scenarios. Now, you and I are unlikely to suddenly have a windfall of oil come into our lives, but there are times in our lives when we suddenly get a time rebate of some kind or another. And so we are faced with the same sort of metaphorical scenario as Britain versus Norway. And the rapid and broad distribution of AI tools is equivalent to such a moment in our lives. How will we use it? Now, there's a whole scale. You can imagine a continuum at one end, the non-essentialist, and at the other, the essentialist. I have read with some interest about one CEO whose response to AI was as follows in a leaked video. He said, some of our developers could be working for two different companies. We don't know. We hope that's not the case, but we don't know. Many content writers today are now exclusively using AI to write. I can do that in about 30 minutes of an eight-hour day. So what do we need to do? Let's put out 30 to 50 times our normal production. Well, that's one way to use it. That's one way to go. But at the other end of the spectrum, we might be more like a different CEO. Banks Benitez is who I'm thinking of here. Banks, you'll remember, and perhaps it's worth going back to listen to the interview I had with him in episode 23 of this podcast. Banks Benitez was the co-founder and CEO of Uncharted. And in that conversation, he shares how his organization has transitioned from experiment to execution of a four-day work week. And we go into detail about the challenges involved, the advantages in prioritizing, and the larger context of life outside of work. That is, using that extra day that they created to be able to think to create, to produce more health, exercise, balance, relationship development, hobby development, more life, let's say, in the old work-life balance. So there we have two contrasts, two extremes on the essentialism continuum. And why I am sharing those with you is as a contrast for the choice that is before you and I right now with AI. AI makes a great servant but a poor master, as do so many of the technologies that have come into our lives. And the difference between the two is really about mindset. Do we have the non-essentialist mindset that more is always better? Or do we have the essentialist mindset, less but better? I just wrote up some of these thoughts and research 
in an article in Harvard Business Review, and we'll put that link in the show notes. But in part, I wrote the following, despite some companies' attempts, we can't fix today's burnout culture with a wellness app. What it takes instead is a mindset and culture shift among managers and organizations everywhere. This is true with AI as well. An outdated way of thinking about peak performance is maximum effort equals maximum results. It doesn't really work that way in reality, but many managers still believe that it does. They might talk a good game about practicing self care or protecting the asset, but their core assumptions are more often akin to a bad 1980s motivational speaker. Think, no pain, no gain, no guts, no glory, and give it 110%, whatever that means. And it's fair enough when a manager expects 80 plus hours a week from people while offering Friday yoga to combat stress, they unintentionally create a toxic contradiction. It's a classic example of what we call in psychology a double bind. That is, employees can't talk about the contradiction, and they can't talk about not being able to talk about it. And really, the point I'm trying to make is that if you suddenly adopt AI technologies that could help you create space and balance and relationships and health, but your mindset is still stuck in the old non-essentialist way of thinking, you'll use the windfall opportunity to produce more of the problems you had before. And it's because of this core mindset that many well-intended efforts to end the burnout epidemic don't work. If you think individual overachievers are solely to blame for the exhaustion, then you'll only end up addressing the wrong problem. Consider McKinsey's research on burnout, which showed that in all 15 countries where they did the research and across all dimensions assessed, toxic workplace behavior was the biggest predictor of burnout symptoms and intent to leave by a large margin. Not only does this old mindset not produce high performance, it also creates a downward spiral of toxicity, begetting burnout, begetting toxicity. What we need instead is a new management mindset, supported by data, for how to really get the best out of our people. Instead of maximum effort equals maximum results, a better formula is optimal effort equals maximum results. Less effort can actually lead to more success. And there it is. This moment that we're in produces an inflection point. If we're conscious of it, if we're awake to it, And as we conclude this exploration today about the way mindset and AI can interact, we must ask ourselves, where do we stand on this spectrum between wastefully spending a windfall and wisely investing it? Are you and I akin to the CEO who went viral saying, let's put out 30 to 50 times our normal production and elsewhere challenged anyone in the company to outwork him? You won't be able to do it, he says with conviction. That's one way to employ AI. Alternatively, we could emulate Banks Benitez, the CEO who transitioned his organization to a four-day work week, highlighting the larger context of life outside work and the essence of essentialism in navigating the journey. AI can be a tool that we can use to our advantage rather than a taskmaster. 
Today's burnout culture isn't something a wellness app can fix. It requires to use these tools in an optimal way requires a paradigm shift in how you and I and managers and organizations see the world in the first place. The old adage, maximum effort equals maximum results, has shown to be outdated. In contrast, an updated mindset backed by data proposes a new formula. Optimal effort equals maximum results. There's wisdom in recognizing that less can actually lead to more. As we grapple with the transformative power of AI in our lives and workplaces, let's strive to use it wisely, aligning our efforts with our essential values to create not just a more productive, but a more meaningful, effortless lifestyle. Let's choose the path of the essentialist. If today's episode resonated with you, don't let the conversation end here. Click the subscribe button. We just love all of the subscribers and stay updated with our future episodes. They come out Tuesdays and Thursdays. We want our content to be as engaging and valuable to you as possible. And who better to guide us than you, our listeners? Leave a review on Apple Podcasts and share what aspects of the episode you enjoy the most. Your feedback there is read and directly influences our future content, allowing us to continuously evolve and improve. You're also helping other like-minded individuals find our podcast. Together, let's continue this journey of discovery and growth. And by the way, as a sneak peek, on Thursday, you'll hear part one of an interview with the president of Microsoft, Brad Smith, who wrote the book, Tools and Weapons, all about technology and how it can be used in these two different ways, dependent on your mindset and other factors. So we'll start a deep dive with him in how he sees the world of AI and what we can do to make sure that it serves us rather than us serving it. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you then. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's going to push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.